Geo Nagad. Hello, everyone. I am Michael Lyles, and this is the Origin Story Podcast, where once a month I ask an artist I respect to introduce me to a piece of work or piece of art they love. This month, we're doing something very fun and special. My friend Stan Merritt is introducing me to Roger Zelazny's A Night in the Lonesome October, and we are reading a chapter a day and updating as we go. This is our first update since we've actually begun the book. If you want to hear a little bit more about what we are doing and planning for the month, uh, feel free to listen to the previous episode where we kind of go through all of that. Uh, Stan, how was your week of reading? Uh, it was, I, I managed to get them in, um, which is at the end of the day, uh, the important thing, getting it done. So again, I was glad to have uh, some flexibility of schedule because so, my there is no normal reading time apparently in my, uh, on my calendar <laughs> these days. So I did a real ham and ham and egging job of it and got it done, and it was enjoyable. It's that's and that's a great thing about a book, though. You know, it's there. It, it's there when you want to pick it up. It, exactly, it really is. Yeah. It, it will wait for you. Uh, I had grand plans of like I was gonna so read in the morning, have a couple with a cup of coffee, digest it throughout the day, then read it again in the evening. I did not read it again in the evening once. I did not. <laughs> I none of that. Uh, my best laid plans. They best laid plans. It. I was gonna say they we have got, to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I definitely did read it every day, and then I did a kind of little cumulative reading towards towards the end here. And uh, I want to start our discussion of this if that's cool with you, with the actual dedication. Uh, and I'm sure. going to read that here. Um, to Mary Shelley, Edgar Allan Poe, Bram Stoker, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, H.P. Lovecraft, Ray Bradbury, Robert Block, Albert Payson Terhune, and the makers of a lot of old movies. Thanks. That's a so, distinguished cast of uh, of dignitaries right there, is it not? Isn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. And it just yes, kind of uh, sets the whole uh, again why you talked about why how this book came about and why you like it so much. It, it just kind of fits right up right up my alley yeah. with all of these names, except for the fact that I didn't know two of them. I had uh, no idea. Uh, never uh, Robert Block and Terhune. Let me guess. Block you got it. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. Oh, I better. Uh, Terhune's the one so, back in the day. I had to really look up, and I've never read any of his stuff. But he was a, uh, uh, you know, Zelazny's known for um, one of his one of his things is uh, bringing mythical um, creatures into real life, or you know, writing about myth- mythical creatures and s- stories besides their myths. And um, he uh, uh, he kind of uh, he kind of lays it out right here, and just uh, is very direct about. Um, you know, uh, that Terhune's an influence. And I think that's where he ties into it is just the general philosophy of, of Terhune did the same thing again. I, I think his was more mythologically geared like per se, but I'm not, I can't remember. I don't want to, I don't want to misstate for the listeners. So. Yeah, no, I had, I had never heard of him and that sounds like it, it could be in the right direction, but also yeah. I think he is famous for his novels about dogs. Oh no, like, that's what it is. I'm so sorry. He wrote, You're yeah, 30, uh, 30 or 30-ish dog-centric, dog-focused novels, So, which makes perfect sense. You are exactly sense. right, and let me apologize, I was exactly wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so I, I don't remember. Did you, another friend of ours who was a big reader, Alex Panos, 
Oh yeah, turned me on to these do- books about dogs when we were in middle school. I, I remember Jim it well. Hilgard, do you remember him? And I could be butchering yeah. that name. Thor, Thor Hilgard, yeah. Did you Hildegard, ever? Uh, no, he'll, he'll, I forgot how it's. I forgot how it's pronounced. You're, you're probably right, but I remember you being extraordinarily into those dog books. Yeah. <laughs> I love them there was, so. There was much. one where the title dog was uh, named uh, Stormy. That is you, correct. You were obsessed. You were obsessed with that book. <laughs> I really you, was. He was a mongrel, and uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, that that was that was smitten so with this stormy book. So. Oh my god, and that's what this reminded me of. Like with, but you know, were, were we stuff. also into like Jack London and all that back then? I was. I mean, I definitely you know, read Jack London. I don't remember being like fixated on him. By okay, I really liked him. Yeah, yeah, but you know, he had the dog books as well. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this brought me back some some good memories. Of that. And the other guy, Robert Block. Yeah, he wrote the novel Psycho which, you know, the great Hitchcock film is is based on. And he was a protege of H.P. Lovecraft. He was. And I guess Lovecraft was the first seriously to encourage his talent. This is all via Wikipedia, which is the extent no, of our no, research. Yeah, so yeah. Could be wrong, but don't believe he's, it. He's a Lovecraft minion. On the internet. Lovecraft minion. He won a Hugo him. Award. He's won fantasy awards. He was head of the uh, Writers Guild of America and does all kind of stuff. So those were the two I didn't know. But when I learned those, uh, Robert Block made perfect sense, kind of given what's going on. And then, yeah. Yeah. uh, after I started the book and realized that it's, well, that, that's the first thing maybe we could talk about it. The fact that it is narrated yeah. by a dog. Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense too. Yeah. We're, we're uh, I was, right. ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's, let's talk about, let's kind of just go through the chapters a little bit. Cause I think one of the cool things about this book, and I'm curious what it is like for you having read it so many times. One of the things that I love that he does is is how he layers out the information and the exposition on just the kind of the basics of the story. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The chapters yes. are not long in the beginning, are they? Uh, not really. Um, you'll find some, chap- even as we wear on, that are remarkably short. Um, so yeah, they're not very long. It's, it's, it's extraordinarily dense prose. I don't know if you noticed that, you know, you, you start and it's kind of like, Oh, this is going to be a, a whimsical journey. And by, what you're saying is very consistent with the way he presents the narrative, I think as well. He, he layers it and it's thick with content and it's, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did this. And you got to kind of, but he does set a framework so that you with a little bit of effort can, can follow quite along with him, you know? So. Completely. It, yeah. uh, so we talk about like the very first, what about the intro, introduction is nice. Yeah. Cause we yeah. get to, we get to meet snuff. We meet Jack. We don't really see a lot of Jack. But he just throws out little hints. He's like, uh, to Snuff talking about his job, like he likes this job. It's different than his previous job. So that immediately kind of like raises a fun little question on us. We see that he has an interaction with another dog. Yep. And I, I love that section where he's like, uh, just very casually, there is there two dogs talking? Like, you know, will you show me your teeth? He's like, sure, I'll show you my <laughs> teeth. You show me yours? Yeah. And so like, you know, Snuff is clearly this, you know, not just a dog, probably. We're not, it's not said yet, but, you know, there's a lot going on. But clearly sure. he's got, like, much larger teeth. And <laughs> the dog's just yeah. like, all right, yeah, that'll be cool. So, so, you know? <laughs> like, that's the, story is told, the story is told through the animals and not just Snuff the narrator. But you'll see as we wear on that people say, you know, very little compared to what the animals say. And uh, they are extraordinarily intelligent in terms of human-like intelligent animals. but they are the animal, you know, they are their animals. I mean, it's a, you know, it's kind of like Brian, the dog on family guy, you know, he's, <laughs> he's unbelievably sophisticated and drinks martinis, but at the same time he'll stop and, you know, scratch himself in, in odd places. And uh, 
So these are these are animals, and it's beautiful how I think how Zelazny kind of walks that tightrope. You have brilliant, you know, anthrop not anthropomorphic, but you know, whatever it would be called. They're they're behaving like humans, but they're wild animals nonetheless. So yeah. Exactly. And some of my favorite moments on Family Guards is when Brian just acts like a regular dog. Like, oh, you know, no, he's like, I mean. bite, when he's biting, like, at the wind of the fan, or he's, like, wagging his tail when he's happy. Like, I don't know. Those little things make me happy. <laughs> when he scratches the butt across um, the <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Instead of, like, right. you know, r- 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 pretending to read poetry and drinking a martini. Exactly. So, in, so in this first session, our first week here, a lot of this is kind of introducing the characters. Mm-hmm. And I love, again, how he just slowly meets out the information. We have We have things are kind of the first we we meet characters. We don't really meet them, but they're just part of snuff, like his daily duties and routines. We've got the, we got, we got a thing in a circle. We got a thing in a wardrobe and we got a thing in a steamer trunk. And it's part of snuff's duties just to kind of go around and make sure that they're still, you know, safe, I guess, safe, yeah. safe from the, the world is safe from them. Interesting. Uh, which interesting is fun. Little- which is little, cool, but you, and you kind of have that little interaction with with them as well. Yeah, yeah. So the, the they're kind of the, the ongoing uh, comic relief, though. Though it is a pretty witty book, it's, it has some pretty tug and jink stuff going on. But they're the most slapstick comic relief. I think it's interesting how he parses, you know, meets out the material, and he says he he's very vague at this time, and he not, like you were talking about how Snuff likes being a watchdog more than he did before. And, but he also says before Jack summoned me. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's these little, little nuancey things like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, so Jack is, Jack is, we're told that Jack is under a curse, an ancient curse, which requires him to do these things that he's doing, that we see him doing. We don't, we don't really understand the details, but we also understand that he is the keeper of many lesser curses, we, but neither one sounds like very much fun to me, but, uh, but the, the lesser curses, which he <laughs> keeps are what you're referring to the things in the wardrobe, steamer trunk, mirror, and uh, whatever the other one is, uh, circle. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. it's there's a lot of uh, smart alecky back and forth between the the things and uh, Jack and Snuff, and it's 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 kind of funny. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a, immediately I thought I found it charming, uh, and I do love that whole dichotomy of Jack is cursed and yet he's also in charge of keeping all these curses. Exactly. So, uh, and then the second day we meet our first, our next, and I don't know what these are called. Like if if it. We'll get to other characters about witches and possibly familiars later, but I know like the for like a vampire, they're human uh, caretaker, I guess, for lack of a better word, is the known as their familiar. I don't know if there's a word for like in this situation for with the animal with intelligence or whatever in their own being kind of thing is assigned to a partner. I, th- I think the use, you know, I, I say familiar because it's just such an entrenched, you know, gothic literary term. But I think he he uses the term consort at one point, and then oh, companion. Like yeah. Okay. But, but archetypally, I think it's like like the familiar of a witch or the or you know, Renfield to Dracula or whatever. But it's this more of the traditional, you know, right. witch with the black cat kind of thing. Which yeah, she does. Yeah. And speaking, exactly. And speaking, speaking of cats, uh, the first kind of other and well done, sir. Uh, companion, let's go with companion or whatever consort is uh, a gray Malk, who is a gray cat, Malk. and gray Malk belongs to Crazy Jill. And again, they're just their dialogue is just fun and witty and smart and simple, 
you know, in the very, good way. Much so. you, you've, yeah. uh, you've mentioned the two um, most primary characters other than Jack and Snuff uh, in, in the whole deal here. So Jay, Jill and Gray Malk are, you know, uh, they're, they're buddy, buddy, as we'll come to see what that means in the context of this book is not altogether clear. So, uh, but okay. they will have a lot of contact. And uh, so uh, you'll, I think you'll find that snuff and uh, gray and then Jack and Jill both have this, some sort of a, a bond that no one can quite <laughs> put their finger on. Yeah. <laughs> I did not pick up on the Jack and Jill until you just yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a reader. Uh, so I love the, uh, I love the dog cat thing, of course, and Jack and Jill, of course, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really, 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 really funny. Uh, and so, and, and there's a line in this second chapter and so it has begun. And so obviously we th- we're aware that something's going on, something ritualistic. They've been gathering things already, ingredients for whatever this thing is that Jack and we'll soon learn like the other players need to do and gather. Uh, but at this point, like I have zero idea of what is going on. And I, 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 obviously you having no, you know, the whole story. Are you seeing the clues already? Like in this just second chapter or third chapter? Oh God. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. When you, <laughs> you if you read it more than once, you'll, it's all a rich tapestry as they say. And you kind of look back and la- I laugh every time I, I speak for myself only, but I kind of laugh every time I look back. It's like, yeah, that's. Usually when there's a strangely glaring word that doesn't seem to fit in there, it usually means something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you look back and say, oh, gosh. Yeah, hindsight's me and times 2020, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah it, you're right. I mean, the, 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 the first time reader is in a real uh, what the heck's going on kind of a thing, a little confused, probably a little irritated, you know, wanting to know. What what I was, you know, it's like what what where where what are we doing with this? I mean, the tension's beautiful, but you still have that human desire to know. So it's right. Like, it's I best think to just it's, as as Snuff says, take it day by day. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. You just kind of bask in the weirdness and the tension and the slow reveal because it it becomes not so slow after a while. <laughs> so yeah, yes. so I and I was and I would was in I'm enjoying the slow kind of pace of these first you know few days and again just the tiny little hints like you've already said of uh, mm-hmm. giving us exactly kind of what's going on sure uh, yeah. so I, I had when i did my reread uh today of kind of just all the way through i noticed something in this in october 3rd which i thought was interesting uh Zelazny does a couple of things one he says that snuff is being followed by someone very very good so there's a, like another kind of mystery character. And I love it when there's like somebody, because we see kind of Snuff going about his routine and obviously Snuff is very capable and right. we, we right. get that immediately. But then I love when authors throw out the hint of, oh, there's something else going on here that maybe Snuff's not quite aware of. It doesn't know exactly. what's going on. Maybe somebody brilliant, more brilliant. capable. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Brilliant pickup there. And, and absolutely. That's, you know, th- th- it's lim- limitless, limitless uh, possibility of what could happen with this story at this point. And, and you're right there. You know, there's not going to be just one multi-layered narrative. You know, there's going to be other things going on. And, uh, you know, it, it's and, and you're right. And it's uh, it's neat. <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough to follow at times, but man, it's fun to piece it together. Yeah. And so we get another clue in October 3rd. Uh, going by the crazy Jills has it says they had Gray Malk and Jill. They had already been out. The broom beside the rear entrance was still warm. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, okay, she's probably a witch, mm-hmm. which is 
just fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, Which is uh, just... So, you know, I mean, uh, I don't, you know, that'll become pretty darn clear pretty soon. And uh, so that's the first him just kind of throwing the big, throwing out the big semi reveal. So, yeah. Well, I just love that we're you know, gathering, we're gathering all the players together. Which we're is gathering the players together. And we're, in, we're introduced to quite a few by the end of, of, you know, this week's readings. So sorry. Um, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. exact, exactly and, right. And did it, you notice also on October the 3rd, we hear the first reference in the book to openers and closers. Yes, exactly. And it's just said, it's, 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 I could not tell uh, whether they're openers or closers. That's all. There's no explanation. And then you hear a future reference to what is, the, uh, speaking of what their persuasion is. Exactly. That, so I was wondering if... Right. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't want to know yet until he lays it out clearer. But I'm that's yeah. those those two things are is his persuasion op- is that the same thing? Is, is a type of persuasion is either they're opener or closing, and of course, what are they opening or closing? But given right. the the people this is dedicated to, you know, we got to we maybe have ideas of what they right. could be opening or closing. Right. Right. Uh, we get to meet. Uh, we get to hear about the count in that chapter. We get to hear about Morris and McCab, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun. And, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where we leave on, on three, um, October 4th starts the same way. Again, I, I I like, I like authors when they set up routines, therefore when they break the routine, something's going to be really fun about that. And again, the, uh, one of the curses is trying to imitate or present themselves as a female dog. So, uh, snuff will, you know. Lose his mind yeah. over this female dog. I, see, you know, I, I suppose <laughs> that that particular thing is very persistent in that line of attack throughout. So <laughs> I love that, and he keeps saying it. It doesn't smell like a dog. That's right. And so, he, right. and he's like, like, dude, if you're gonna imitate a dog, know what a dog are are his dog's best sense is the sense of smell, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Know how so the like, pheromones and hormones work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're just right. you're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know, get comfortably. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So I think in October 4th is the first time where Snuff asks, asks directly this, uh, this time the, a squirrel through a hedge, are you in the game? Correct. Which just, again, we're building the bones of the story. And so we're solidifying that, okay, this is, this is the game. We're meeting the players. Correct. There's your first reference to game in that. So we can, we can take that for gospel. I mean, it's not. That's right. And now we think, and we can figure out there's rules to this game because uh, Snuff asks opener or closer and the squirrel replies impolite, impolite to ask, you know that. So we've got, we've got a game, we've got rules, we've got the players coming. Correct. And there's a, in addition to hard and steady uh, rules, there's also, as we've seen just, just in what the exchange you mentioned, there's an etiquette involved as well. And uh, the, the rules are hard and bad things happen if you break them and things can't happen if you break them. But there's also a code among the players. So um, there that, are indeed. Why, that, that is very significant. And I knew, I, mean, I knew you'd pick up on that immediately. But yeah, it is very significant. Yeah. I love that. So we also hear of the, we of get... the single paw print. Were you going to mention that? That's an interesting part of uh, this chapter four. Wasn't that single paw print? Wasn't that the... Um... Is that is that is the re-referencing the somebody who was being around here? I don't know who was good. You know who's better? Who's really really good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm. Um, yeah, it is. But or no? 
Snuff tells Greymoth that he be. saw that he saw a big paw print and that it was way bigger than his. And it is it does tie into what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So, but but there's uh, an overt reference fun. to, yeah, big footprints. Again, just laying some suspense for us. We know foreshadowing something's something big and bad is out there. You bet. Uh, it's so I, gothic, I also, man. It just gets me excited. It's just so <laughs> gothic. I just love it. <laughs> amen. Amen. Outside amen. London on a, on the moors, it's just it just drives me crazy, man. Exactly. At night and like the way the. Uh, the descriptions are brief, but like because but we know already because these are you know this is an homage and there's references like we've seen these other things so the description doesn't have to be extensive because you know we know what a dark house dark scary graveyard looks like absolutely. you know we've, we've seen that yeah you're absolutely right he's he's uh, staying well within the the framework of a traditional type of a tale and he's loving every minute of it and he's just trying to twist it a bit. In my yeah. opinion, so, yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. All, all of this will be uh, <laughs> our opinion, Absolutely. that's for sure. Uh, and then towards the end, we meet a dour detective and his rotund companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the latter limping from his adventure the other night, which I didn't put together. And I got a question for you on that. So the dour detective, you know, we have Arthur Conan Doyle reference here. So I'm we're imagining Sherlock Holmes and and Watson, right? But when he says later limping from the adventure of the night, mm-hmm. is that a reference to, I think Snuff says in another chapter, a previous chapter, that they were going around and no, Wait, somebody got nipped on the leg. And I'm yeah, wondering he, if that was a reference to getting nipped on the leg. Uh, the answer to your question is yes. Um, yeah. The, the okay. dour detectives, uh, the dour companion of the great detective, Snuff bit him. The other night when uh, they were interloping, when he and Jack were out doing some business in London. So uh, okay. they got a little too close, whoever they, and, and you know, it's the, the bag catch out the bag now. That's who it was stalking around as Jack stalked around. And uh, anyway, yeah, that, that's it. He, snuff beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't pick up on that until I went and reread it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. And then there's this right after this, this really cool scene. Uh, it was a wand that Jack bore that night to stand in the city center with it and trap a certain beam of starlight in a crystal vial while the clocks chimed 12. Immediately, <laughs> the liquid in the container began to glow with reddish light, and somewhere in the distance, a howling rose up. No one I knew. I wasn't even sure it was a dog. It said a single word in the language of my kind, a long, drawn-out, lost my heckles rose to the sound of it. I love that. That I was already kind of hooked with the just the idea of this, but that paragraph right there just made me really tingly and happy. Oh, me too. It, it, it's a fantastic paragraph. It just, it just, you know, there's there's so much it it implies, or so much that it leaves open, and and but at the same time, they're starting to create a real tension here because if our reliable, wonderful, heroic narrator Snuff is concerned, you know, the reader might also want to be concerned. So <laughs> that's, that's exactly it's right. A, it's, and it's a great like, paragraph, though. Yeah. And Jack asks, why are you growling? Hmm. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Plus, it shows our first real uh, ritualistic task that Jack and Snuff undertake with the beautiful, you know, with the trapping the light and, and all that. Yeah. So they're up to some ceremonial kind of stuff we see. Yeah. Exactly. They are gathering. Yeah. Um, uh, October fifth. We are. What are we doing? October fifth. I think we're meeting more characters, aren't we? 
We are, and we we hear that um, snuff hears from Greymock that there was a uh, a murder in town, and a man was torn apart by a particularly what authorities assumed to be a particularly vicious dog. And she actually asked snuff if it was his doing, and he says, "Ah, no, was was not me." So there's more yep. of that. Yeah, yeah. So we got the paw print, we got the howling, we got uh, the word lost, we got the yelling of lost. Yep. And we've got a we've got a murder, which is just pretty darn fun that that um, we do and uh go ahead you know this is also if you remember the the first chapter where we really presented with the concept that snuff and then the other some of the other animals as well are very obsessed with drawing lines and vectors in their in snuff in particular in his head because he's the most gifted of the bunch at this particular task but you you see him wanting being come being very concerned about drawing vectors between locations of the players that he knows of and, you know, he's attempting to discern what turns out to be, and they say it in the, in the chapter, I think, looking for the center. They very casually say looking for the center. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's a slow it, reveal. It is like nice and said. casual. Exactly. So, again, a perfectly slow reveal. Like, yes, I'm trying to draw the lines in my, in my, in my head. And that's, we mentioned that on one day. And then later we're getting more, we're getting more specific with it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, uh we the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please, please. I was say, uh, we, you know, we meet the good doctor in this chapter too. So we, we learn, we learn of the good doctor. Um, and, uh, he lives in a farmhouse uh, on the fifth that we talking about the uh, October the 5th still. I yeah, think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We meet the good doctor and it's, uh, he's doing some strange experiments out in a farmhouse on the edge of town. And there's lots of electricity and, uh, weird colors that are constantly, and it's raining over the ho- uh, farmhouse all the time. And you're That's a lot right, of he's got the- He's got the lightning rods around it, which immediately reminds something wicked this way comes. You know, it makes me think of that uh, and possibly some other things that I think we get probably confirmed about here just in a little bit. Yeah, well, you know. Um, That's just kind of fun already. Again, I love love that reference. I I am sure someone has done an annotated version of this this book, uh, which I would like to read after after we go through it. I would imagine. I would imagine. It'd be kind of laying out all the references. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love how, I love that they're, you know, the, the players are all uh, congregating in, in, I guess the suburbs of London, but the farmhouse is on the edge of the suburbs, you know, near, nearing the woods. It's even, it's the only edge of the edge. Essentially. It's just, it's great. So. Yeah. And so they're talking and so we're meeting more or we're even hearing about it some cause and they're, they're counting up like, okay, how many players, I don't know if the game is officially started yet or if there is an official kickoff, but it looks like they're working on it. But they're still also trying to, and maybe this is part of the game, is trying to figure out who exactly is playing the game. Um, mm-hmm. So one for the vectors and trying to find the center of uh, yeah. whatever is going to be closed or opened or both. Uh, what is it? Better never rest? Isn't that what uh, Kirby Smart is saying these days? That's one of the <laughs> So you I don't know, know that one. Day, in a game like this, you know, perhaps the preparation is as important as the play. One never oh, knows. So, oh, well yeah. played, sir. I'm yeah. still trying to finish the drill with uh, Mark Ricks. <laughs> <laughs> I won't keep it on. We could go on forever with this. <laughs> All right. We get, uh, let's see. So October 6th, we're, we come to this and it starts off, okay, the first word, excitement. Uh, we had a mirror crack. So we have one of these curses kind of get out right which is kind of fun to know that yeah. that can happen yeah and, 
or Jack takes care of it with his wand. So Jack yeah. has, you know, even more magical powers than, than we've already been kind of alluded to. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, we actually learn, um, you know, when you, these are the kinds of details you pick back up on when you go back and read, but it's like, how did the thing get out? I'm sure you picked up on it being, you know, the writer and reader that you are, but. Well, I mean, know, it, 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 I don't think I did. It just says like it attacked a weak spot. Tell me that's more. It, that's it. Pressure on okay. a single flaw. Yeah. Pressure, pressure on one flaw. So it's, you know, it's very, there's a physical and physics related element to this magic stuff, you know? So they just got on a crack and pushed out. So, oh, and I wonder if that same method is going to be going to work for something else as well. Like concentrating mm, all forces mm. on a single flaw. That's, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and now we see uh, for the first time, we see him actually snuff using those lines that he's talking about drawing and to try to find to triangulate the middle, I guess, of the phenomena that's going down. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of finally laid clear. Yeah. Uh, and then he meets and Nightwind is doing the same thing. Correct. And I, and I just love their rapport. Yeah. Uh, just, it's, it, it, yeah. Nightwind, uh, the owl, of course, is uh, Morrison McCab's uh, companion, familiar, whatever, consort, whatever you want to call them. And yeah, he's a, uh, I, I don't know if it's he or she. I forget whether Nightwind's a he or she. I want to say it winds up being a she, but I'm not sure. Okay, but, um, I, I did not anyway, notice. Yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat back and forth. There also, you also see the trading of information in the game, like a commodity. You see that I'll tell you this if you'll tell me this, but I can't tell you this. And it's it's very interesting how that goes on. I thought um, again, there's like un- underlying rules that the, they seem to know in terms of what they can ask for and what they expect in return, what's fair and what's not. So exactly, they've clearly played this game before. Yeah, or uh, instinctually, they know exactly what the rules are for the game. You know, I guess it could be either one of this or, yeah, or or both. Okay. Uh, and again, towards the, at the end of the chapter, we get another fun little, you know, thing in the circle banter with yeah. snuff. Uh, <laughs> going to get out again. They're great. It's great stuff. All right. So. At this point, let's see. I'm not sure if we have. Do we know? I don't know if we know all our players or not. Maybe let's finish the week and then we'll kind of go over our players. Yeah, I got. We'll, go I'll tell you the players th- that are that are here at the end. What we, we can think go we know. Yeah. Um. So here on October seventh, there they. Uh, this was a cool scene too because yes. Jack is taking a piece of garment and this great. Uh, here, uh, talking about his gathering of the materials because. Why his list of materials required the edge of a green cloak worn by a red-haired lady on this date at midnight and removed while still upon her person, I am uncertain. Magical mm-hmm. rotas sometimes strike me as instructions for lunatic scavenger hunts. <laughs> and then this is such a dog thing. Nonetheless, Jack was happy, so I was too. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> this is kind of a, uh, he understands his role, Snuff understands his role despite his incredible utility and importance in this whole thing uh, as will be revealed. But um, yeah. And, and you know, this is the first reference to obviously this is a great reference to the Jack the Ripper uh, murders uh, back in back then. And, you know, Jack, Jack, this knife wielding Jack who roams around London at night, you know, with his, with his dog and does things in the, in the shadows, you know, the reader has to be wondering at this point, you know, what? and if not, they are now. Right. So, yeah. And this is, of course, reference to one of the actual killings that, that whoever Jack the Ripper was did, you know, the redheaded prostitute. And uh, Oh, is and, that? Is that a, is that a 
Is yeah, that a thing? yeah. I, I don't know much about the Jack the Ripper mythology. Other than I, I did enjoy that game. movie from hell uh, with Johnny Depp. I, I, did, well, that. I did not read by the way, graphic can novel. I, can I pause and give a hella shout out to that movie? Because I loved that movie. Uh, do you really see? Yeah, of oh, course, I, I of love course that you movie. do. You know, yeah, uh, uh, of course, Heather Graham plays the redheaded uh, prostitute in that in that movie. So, but yeah, so Sounds we see a violent attack on this woman, but it's not so violent after all. It's just property damage. It's not uh, personal injury, and uh, he just tears away this <laughs> yeah. tears away this green piece of fabric, and uh, it's what he's been told exactly. to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Who knows? Who who knows why? We also right just before this too, uh, and it, it's clearly or or it seems like it's setting up just a fun kind of comic relief thing. Is Snuff trips Watson and says, "Is like whose limp had been lessened his lessened his ability to avoid onrushing canines." So right. I think Snuff effing right. with Watson is going to be a continual fun <laughs> kind of kind of, kind of, kind of cries for it as a character. He just he's kind of one of those punching bags. Yeah. And then we learned some more rules or some more etiquette. I'm not sure which one really exactly. When uh, Snuff finds a rat in the house. He does. And he, uh, yeah. What's his name? This rat is, it turns out to be more than just a pesky house rat, right? So I so he asked him, so are you in the game? He's like, yes. Yeah. And you must know that entering another player's home without invitation lays you open to immediate reprisal. Right. Uh, so we have more than that. So yeah, so the rat is going to be working with somebody. I don't remember if we find out exactly. We do. We do. He works with a good doctor. And uh, Oh, that's right. And, uh, you know, there's his name, of course, is Bubo, which is a very uh, dark humor reference to the bubonic plague. And there's, that's played on at one point when snuff asks the name and he, he says my name's bubo bubo and he snuff says i stepped back or something along those lines is you know doesn't doesn't slip past him but um oh my god again i did not get that that's great yeah <laughs> of course a large black rat bubonic plague bubo i did right. notice he stepped back and i thought that was something yeah um, yeah but yeah. i did i was missing the message of course that's awesome yeah i, love that. I know right uh, and, and Bubo and Bubo lets us know where the count lives in, ex- in an exchange. We we come to find out, right? That's right. And he talks about he talks about why do you, you know, why didn't you deal with this? They're like, well, I don't I don't like that. You know, he couldn't follow. So we're getting some more lessons of the strengths and weaknesses of the various uh, consorts or companions. And yes. so then they they go out to it, right? They're going to find the count because that's th- the count's location is one that they don't have, which is hurting them on the triangulation. Exactly. That, that's correct, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, this is this is the longest chapter so far, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, we also hear Snuff, you know, use his power. Hear him use his true power of speech, human speech. I think for the first time in this, when he says the the power of speech comes to me at midnight. That's that's also revealed in this chapter, and he has a conversation with Jack um, toward the end. If I skipped oh, where is that? Please. I don't know that. Yeah. Snuff says, with midnight's, with midnight's chimes, speech comes to me. I rose and stretched, waiting for the noises to cease. And Jack, having uh, roused himself, especially for the occasion, watched me with a mixture of amusement and interest. And then they begin to talk. So. Yeah, I so I just completely read over that and thought that that just meant, well, yeah, I did not take that to mean, which now seems very obvious, no, that... Uh, no. No, that after no. midnight, he can therefore then talk 
uh, yeah. to humans. Yeah. I believe it's only for an hour. Ooh. Gosh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because I'm not absolutely <laughs> sure. And I hate that I'm not. I, I just, I, I want to, anyway, he can talk to Jack at midnight. Yeah, that's right. That's very cool. Yeah. And they so they have little, this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they just have this fun kind of little exchange of information. You know, it's just like two, uh, yeah. two friends and partners yeah. uh, kind of going over everything. And it's not without not without a little tension at the end, if you didn't notice that. When so I'm l- so yeah. excited ahead. about finding out. So, yeah, they're they're talking at the end and just, you know, casually, just a dog, you know, asking, do you remember that time in Dijon when that lady from the other side managed to distract you? <laughs> it's, it's hard to forget. Why do you ask? No special yeah, right. reason, just reminiscing. Good night, Jack. So I can't he wait. Says to reminiscing see. about just reminiscing or something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No special reason, just reminiscing. Good night, yeah. Jack. He, know, uh, so he knows I'm, quite well that Jack has taken a shine of some kind to Jill, and uh, of course, it's an obvious. You know, we know we know what he's doing. I mean, it's pretty done. Yeah, the old don't don't let the temptress lead you astray kind of a deal, and. But, you know, it's kind of a goose gander, kind of a watch the glass house because, you know, we see correspondingly that Snuff really does trust this cat without knowing her persuasion either. So it's kind of a yeah. mirroring kind of a thing there. Yeah. And honestly, when I was when I read it the first time, I did not get that that was a warning about Jill. I completely missed that. I just thought it was referencing, you know, a you know, a bad thing in the past that will have some ramifications in the present and future. But I did not, mm-hmm. I did not, I missed the fact that this ramification was already right here. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah. With I believe yeah. the lady is younger than she causes herself to appear. Like, right. right. All right. I, I yes. get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Anyways, I love yeah. that. We are now at the end of our first first week of reading, and I just want to kind of. See, because we didn't touch on all of the characters that have been introduced, but, you know, clearly what Zelazny has done with this week is kind of give us a great beginning of the story. I want to go over the characters and their companions that we have right now just to see if I'm leaving anything out or see what references I may or may not be missing. We've got got Jack and Snuff. We've got the things that are cursed that Jack and Snuff watch out for, the war circle, the wardrobe, the steamer trunk. We've got Greymouth the cat, who belongs to Crazy Jill, who we suspect is a witch because the broom is still warm. We've got Nightwind, who's an owl, who belongs to Morris and Macab. And I got to figure those names, Morris and Macab, is a reference I'm not getting. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's or, kind of an obscure reference, actually, a, a grave robber reference, and it's it's very vague, it's very tenuous. So, uh, okay, okay, yeah, uh, we, we've got Quicklime, who we did not talk about, uh, but who's a black snake who lives in the belly of the Mad Monk Rostov. So I feel like right. we haven't had a whole lot of dealings with with Rostov and Quicklime. Rostov is a reference I'm not getting, and maybe it'll be made clearer. So. It'll, um, it'll be very, it'll be I'm not very sure clear. if you, if you, okay, cool. All right. So it's let's, not, not, yeah, let's in not, general, let's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, this is, this no, is not be. always a literature reference. Sometimes it's a cultural reference to around those times. So you'll, you'll figure out the, yeah, uh, yeah you'll figure it out pretty quick. Okay, all right. All right. See, 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 see. I'm thinking of uh, Rasputin, but I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, but, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this uh we've got the black the black snake literally lives in his belly, by the way. He literally does. So 
It's crazy. That's that's what it said, and that was very cool. And that also <laughs> reminded me of uh, <laughs> uh, Total Recall. Is it Total Recall? Yeah, <laughs> Quaid oh, and the the thing in the belly. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Kawada, uh, Kawada. We yeah. got Needle. Yeah, Wada. That's the same. That's yeah. right. Uh, needle serving the count. Needle's yep. a bat. The count seems pretty obvious. Who the count is? Yeah. We got Cheater, a squirrel, mm-hmm. serving Owen the Druid-like man. Yeah, of Druidic um, persuasion. We don't know I think too much more about says, them, right? Yeah. We got. Bubo. Okay, yeah. All right. Bubo the rat, who again, robotic flag, good call. Uh, with the good doctor, um, which has the lightning. So I, I'm thinking probably Dr. Frankenstein, but you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are our players right now. Am I missing yeah. anybody, do you think? No, but this is an interesting time to, to, to note. This is an interesting time to note. They're often um, a tangential player, uh, secondary players who who are characters who have a great influence on the game, but are not necessarily players. And we're going to figure out what all that means. I just want everybody to keep an open mind uh, about these folks. Ooh, so, I dig yeah. that. That's fun. Um, well, cool. Was there anything else you think we should mention for this first week? Um, I think you really hit the important. We really, we really covered the important parts. I think in terms of a of a rehash and sort of a perhaps a, a template on how to go forward. It'll help in how to go forward a little bit, and uh, you know the a, a list of the familiars and the corresponding characters sure does help when you're reading this book. I can tell you that. That's really deep. <laughs> <enough. laughs> I abs- absolutely believe you, uh, and I love he kind of gives us a little. Uh, it's not a cliffhanger necessarily, but it's a, a hint of where we're going because I listened to his retreating footsteps. It was time to visit Growler for a workshop in advanced stalking. And mm-hmm. soon the world went away, which I presume he wins. He went to sleep, but maybe it's something more. So what did that. you so think about fun. that? Growler? So no upcoming. What did you think of that Growler reference as a first time reader? In, in, uh... Honestly, well, I didn't think anything about it other than, like the author leading us to what's going to be happening next. I didn't even think about Growler. Now that I think about it, I, I, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't mean much for me. I don't think it's that. All right, it's not, it's not supposed to mean a lot. Right the big now. footprint it becomes. It becomes important. I'm sorry. Yeah, it becomes important. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I want to want to learn how to uh, to do some advanced stalking myself. So I'm pretty excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> we should all we should all know a scunch of it awesome. as we get older. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh all right. Well, I think that that I think that does it for our first uh first do it in the first week. Uh this is already fun. I'm liking this. Uh and I'm liking the book and I'm pretty excited to see what happens this next week. I got a feeling that you know, like almost like a chess game. He's he's setting up the pieces very nicely and then we're going to start getting into some some deeper shit. <laughs> I imagine. Perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. Yeah. And this has been a lot of fun, and I look forward to continuing to do this. It's been a ton of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, until next week, uh, Dana Daga, homie, until we meet again. Stan, thanks for doing this. Let's Thank you for having me, man. It's my pleasure. Happy week of October. Uh, I, I do need to also give you some credit here, because last time we did this, you gave a prediction for the Georgia game, and you turned out to be exactly right. 
Man. Uh, so that's uh, pretty impressive. Go dogs. We're still undefeated and we just beat the crap out of Kentucky. So go to yeah, that as that, well. That was a much needed beat the crap out of after that squeaking by on the plains of Auburn. So completely. Yeah. We f- finally look like we're, we're supposed to be looking. So maybe, You're right. maybe the fall will continue to be better. Hope so, man. Awesome. Right. Thanks for doing this, Dan. We will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. And I look forward to it.